It says, The priests then withdrew from the holy place. All the priests who, who, who were there had consecrated themselves regardless of their division. So as they built the temple, Solomon builds the temple, the, temp, the, the priests, they consecrated themselves. They made themselves holy. And they left, they left the temple. And I'll talk about that next week. They left the, they left the Holy of Holies. And then it says, then in verse 13, I read this right before service started. Verse 13, it says, The trumpeters and the singers joined in unison as with one voice to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, His love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the temple of God. And so, in other words, God's presence manifests Himself. The, later, the rabbis would call this the Shekinah glory. And so what it was, was God's presence was so heavy. In fact, the King James says that the priests could not stand in the presence of God. They had to get out. They, had to, they couldn't stand the presence of God, but they felt His holiness and His glory, and it was exciting. And so here's the thing today, because we live in the New Testament, Jesus says that I've, he's, he's torn down the middle wall, that he is, when he died on the cross, he said, it is finished, the temple veil was torn in two. And it says in Hebrews that you can boldly come before the throne of God because of Jesus Christ. So we no longer have to have a temple, because then in Corinthians it says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Got that? In other words, God wants his presence to dwell into your life. He wants to dwell. Everywhere you go, He wants to fill you, to overwhelming sometimes, to encourage, to refresh you, to renew you. Because as, as I said during worship, this world will suck life out of you, right? I mean, the, sitting and watching the news and going to work and being in traffic, dealing with people, it just sucks the life out of you. And God says, I can refresh you if you dwell in me, if you let my Spirit fill you to overflowing. And so if I want you to get this in your mind, when, when, when Solomon built the temple... And, and they began to praise and worship God. They were singing. You wonder why we sing loud sometimes. We have music instruments because it's a biblical thing. And so they were clapping their hands. They were singing cymbals, playing trumpets. They were raising their voice out loud. And they were offering a, a praise sacrifice. And the Lord's presence, boom, hits them. Later on, in a few books later, they offered sacrifices of animals. And then again, the presence of God fills the place. God's presence wants to dwell in you everywhere you go. It's, it's a powerful thing. And don't be afraid of God. And so this morning, I want you to put that in your mind. As we begin to look in the Word, and we begin to look into this message, I want you to get that mindset that I am also not only flesh and blood, but I am also a spiritual being. Say that. I am flesh and blood, but I am also spirit. Okay? You have a spirit in you. And God, if you're a Christian, you have been redeemed, and your spirit has now been redeemed. Genesis chapter 25. Genesis chapter 25 27 to 34, I want to build up next week's message by challenging us today to consecrate ourselves, to make our flesh submit to the Spirit. Amen? Father, I humble myself in your sight. I'm your servant. I want to be your vessel. I want the Word of God to teach us. I want the Spirit of God to fill us. And God, I want your presence to be in us every day from this moment on, that we do not have boring church services, boring Bible studies, but Lord, your presence is manifest in us everywhere we go so people can be free and we can be free and we can be refreshed and renewed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Genesis 25, 27-34. The boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country. While Jacob was a quiet man, staying among the tents, Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the country famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, 
Let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die. Have you ever said that before when you're hungry? Esau said, what good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Let me read the next scripture and I'll talk about this for a second. Mark 14:38. Jesus says this, Watch and pray. Watch and pray so you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Here's a great example in the Old Testament between Jacob and Esau where Esau let his flesh control his spiritual destiny. Now, in our, in our world today, we don't always understand that. Sometimes people still do that. But in, in the Old Testament, and still, still even in the New Testament, the oldest child, the oldest son, would receive the birthright and the inheritance of the father. And, and so when the father was passing away, or the, father, the, the oldest son was coming into, into adulthood, adulthood to take over the business or the family clan, he would, he would bless them and say, this is all this I have is now yours. You are now the inheritance. And so, so here it is, Esau is hungry, he's out in the field, he's hunting, and his brother Jacob is making some stew, and he comes out, I'm starving, and, and so of course Jacob, being a deceiver, a trickster, says, give me your birthright. And he says, well, what's good is my birthright? You can have my birthright, just give me something to eat. Have you ever been so hungry? Have you ever been so hungry that you'd sell your car for a meal? You're like, that's crazy. Have you ever been so hungry that you would give up your family and their future for a bowl of stew? You say, no. Have you, have you ever had to have that car? And you went deeper into debt to have that car? Did you ever just have that, have to have that bigger, better, whatever, house, car, TV, whatever it is, to please your material hunger and now you can't afford to live? Have you ever just had to do that thing everyone else was doing that they were having a good time and, and you knew it was wrong, but you had to do it and now you're regretting doing it? You see, that's our flesh. Our flesh always wants to be satisfied. Our, our human desires always want more, right? We want more stuff. We want, we want to have fun. We want to be like the world. And, and, the, and the Bible says that our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. And as Christians, you are not just flesh and blood, but you are also a spiritual being. Amen? And you see, listen to this. Esau was a strong man physically, but he was weak in spirit. How many Christians, they might be strong in mind. They might be physically strong. They might be wise, but they're spiritually weak. And they bow down to their flesh. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, it's just, it's, this life is just, it, it, I have to do this because my boss or, or this does it. Or I have to do this instead of saying, you know what, I don't have to do that. I'm a child of God. I'm not ruled by this world. I'm ruled by the Spirit of God. Amen? You see, the question for us is, are we so weak in our flesh? Are we so weak in our spirit that our flesh wins out over our spirit most of the time? Let me talk about, just for a few moments today, how you can gain victory through the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, we've been talking about last Sunday was a powerful time of worship. We had a powerful message, had a powerful altar time. God gives us the baptism of the Holy Spirit to refresh us, to renew us, to empower us, to overcome our flesh. Did you know that? And to reach people, to disciple people. So I want to talk about this, number one, wrestling against God. Now, this may apply to you. It may, not, it may not apply to you today. It might, it might apply to your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors. It might apply to another person. But write this down. God is for us, not against us. God is for us. He's not against us. But you see, a lot of times, if we're in the flesh, or if a person is not a believer yet, 
They think that God is against them. God doesn't want me to have fun. God doesn't want me to enjoy life. God is a dictator. He has all these rules. He has this big Bible and I can't live my life because I have to obey the Bible. How boring. That Bible's there to give you guidelines to protect you from destruction. That Bible gives you guidelines to provide life for your soul, your spirit, your family as an individual. Amen? And you see, sometimes we perceive that giving up our flesh is we're going to just die all together. We can't enjoy life anymore. We, we, you know, we just can't do what we used to do. And, and if we become one of those radical Christians, that means that we're going to have to become like Pastor Stan. Oh my goodness. Or we have to become a missionary to some, uh, some obscure country. Or, or we can't wear nice clothes anymore. We can't have nice stuff. It doesn't say anything like that in the Bible. It just says that you've got to give everything to God because He will give you life. Amen? And you see, we think well, we're going to lose this person. Our personality will become a robot. We'll become brainwashed like a stepford child, a stepford wife. You ever saw that show? Or some zombie because of, you know, I'm a Christian. That's not what God's In other words, God actually breathes life into you. I see zombies every day driving. They're driving down 270, you know, rushing to work. They drive faster than what you think a zombie would drive. I see, I see him walking around looking at this little phone like this all day long. I see him, when, you know, I see him at the stoplights. I see him at home. I, sometimes I'm at, I, you go to this place and you see him on the TV, you know, the TV. Or on the computer. Who's controlling who? Who's alive and who's not alive? Amen? I mean, I, I love myself and I love being able to text and I love email and all that stuff, but I love God more. And so we think, well, God, man, God just wants to take my life and destroy it. No, God wants to give you life. God wants a right relationship. God wants you to have great thinking. 1 John 15, 11, and 12 says, and this is the testimony. Listen to this. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. You see that? Life is in Jesus Christ. He is your life. John 10.10 The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. God wants you to have life. Amen? He wants you to be alive physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. He wants to dwell in you. That's exciting. You see, there's Old Testament saints. They're, they're envious of us because they don't have the opportunity to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They don't have the opportunity to have a covenant of God through Jesus Christ. They did it by faith. And see, you and I have the ability to know Jesus Christ and to come to the Father's throne. You and I have the ability to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit so we can live a full life. Amen? That's exciting. And God wants to fill you. He wants to flow in you. He wants to empower you. He wants to give you life. And so, letter B is we waste time struggling against God. I don't want to be like God. I, have to, I, don't, want to ta- I don't want to be like that. And so you waste time because you get mad when the Holy Spirit in- encourages you or challenges you or-, or wants you to change. Like, I'm fighting that. Why are you fighting that? You're wasting time. You're just killing yourself. You- and you say, well, God doesn't want me to have fun anymore. That's not true. It's not true. You can have life. You can have fun. You can be filled and fulfilled in God. Amen? You see, the change is good and we struggle against God and we let our flesh dictate our schedule. Or we, we, we struggle because we think that we have to answer every email. Right? Every text. We think we have to be on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff all the time. And those things are cool. I like them. They're great opportunities. But you don't have to do that all the time. 
We think we have to watch every show of American Idol. Oh my goodness! I, is that, and I'm still shocked that show's still on. Anyway, that's all. I, I mean, so so we think we think that I, you know, I, we got to get home. We got to watch TV, and I like TV sometimes, but it's brainwashing us too. It's sucking life out of us. I know I'm just kind of getting on your nerves, but that's maybe the Holy Spirit speaking. We struggle. We struggle. Man, we, my pastor, I'm I'm tired, and man, I, man, I just worship's not doing anything for me because your flesh is in control. Pastor, I'm just not getting anything from the Word because your flesh is tuning out the Spirit. Pastor, this, I don't know about this church. I don't know. I don't know. It's maybe your flesh is in control. Churches need to change. They need to be open to the Spirit. They need to reflect. I, I think I maybe told this to you, but at, at the last church I pastored, there was a lady who struggled. She was on the worship team. We finally asked her, you know what? You're, you can't sing any more songs. And she would call us, she would, she'd say to the associate pastor, can you call me every Sunday morning at such a time to wake me up? And I thought, no, you're older than him first, and, and, and who's in control? And, and now I know you work hard, but come on, 10.30? That's late. Some of you have been at work already for four hours during the week, right? So, oh, Sunday school, 9.30, oh my goodness, oh, it's hard, oh. Two or three hours a week is hard, but yet we're like on the internet, all ah, Facebook, games. I gotta make, and we're in front of the TV, thirty to forty hours a week, and we get struggling with the spiritual aspect of our lives. Who's in control of your life? I'm gonna challenge you. Who is in control? Why are you struggling with God? God wants to give you life, Amen. Sure, you need to recover. Sure, you need to sleep. Sure, you need to take a break. But the more you wrestle with God the more your flesh makes you miss out on God's blessings. The more you submit to your flesh, the less chance of God refreshing you and giving you direction, giving you power. Amen? So let's talk about this for a second, for a few moments, learning to struggle for God. You see, later then, in Genesis chapter 32, if you, I think I have it up on the notes too, learning to struggle for God, not against God, but struggle for God. You see, after Jacob had attained the birthright, he wrestled with God to get all that he could from God. In other words, Jacob was determined not to miss out on the eternal. And I see people, they, they, they will stand in line for days for a deal on Black Friday. They will go days early to see a concert. They will almost literally sell their birthright to get a certain job or to live in a certain place. But when it comes to church, it's like, well, I don't have time for that. When it comes to Bible study and prayer, well, I, you know, I just, that's not for me. But, but yeah, we're willing to, to learn an instrument. We're learning to learn. We're, we're willing to spend hours and learn about a computer. We're willing to go and, and spend lots of money to get advanced degrees. There's nothing wrong with advanced degrees, but then we're willing to spend nothing for the eternal. What's wrong with the church today? We don't want to pay the price. And I'm glad, you have, I'm glad you have extra degrees. I'm glad you have a nice place. I'm glad that you, you're able to do 50 push-ups on one finger. I'm, oh, that's awesome. But how about your Bible knowledge? How about your spiritual discernment? How many people have been won to the Lord by all that stuff? <gasps> did I just say that? Yes, I did. But you see, Jacob said, I want all that God has me. And so let me read this to you. 
I have it right here. Let me just read this. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Is it, me, has anyone wrestled? Anyone wrestled in high school or college? Okay. Anybody know what wrestling is? I, I'm not talking, I'm talking Olympic. I'm not talking WW, whatever, that fake stuff. I mean, those guys will kill me. I understand that. But for a short time in junior high, I was deceived into wrestling. And I don't know, if, I, mean, I, I mean, I played football, and that was hard. We, we talked about two-day practices of football, running and push-ups and tackling, getting smashed, you know, all that stuff. But wrestling, man, wrestling was the hardest sport I ever competed in, just for one, just one year in eighth grade, and I never did it again. Thank God I got delivered from that. But, I mean, it's intense. I mean, you know, if you run, and, and if, I mean, it is intense. You're, you're standing, but if you're not working out, we had to do push-ups instead of running. I mean, we just had to, and it was intense. And that was just for three minutes. He wrestled all night. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched and he was wrestled as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Where is our intensity for God? God, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. Oh, I endured pastor's sermon. Worship was long today. I'm going to have to take a couple weeks off now. Man, Bible study was rough this week. I had to read an hour this week. Seriously? Come on, church, really? Come on, I know I'm being a little mean to you today. I'm kind of joking with you. Let's hit the next slide. The man asked Jacob, what is your name, Jacob? He answered, then the man said, Jacob, you are no longer will be called Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and men and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask me my name? Then he blessed him there. My question is, are we so hungry for God that we're willing to hold on to whatever God has for us till he blesses us? You see, we live, we live in instant age, microwave age, and I know I get impatient going through the drive-thru just like you, right? Sometimes I do. I get impatient when you go to the restaurant and you have to wait just a little bit longer to eat. But you see, Jacob waited on God and, and he was determined. And Jeremiah 29:13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. We think all of our heart is just a season of prayer, maybe a day or a couple of weeks of just being faithful in service. And I'm glad you're here. I'm not, again, I know you work hard and all that stuff, and I'm glad to see you here today. But I want to challenge you. Is your spirit alive or is it controlled by the flesh? Are you spiritually alive and are you willing to pay spiritual price to grow? You see, I think God would have done Jacob a disservice if, if he would answer that prayer in the first hour. God would do you and I a disservice if we offered up half-hearted prayers. Oh, God, would you save my country? Would you save our community? Amen. He would do us a disservice if he answered prayer like that. Would you agree? I'm not saying every day is a fight. There are times when God just blesses. There's times when I pray a prayer and I'm just finishing up the prayer and God is answering the prayer. There are times when I haven't even started the prayer and God has already answered the prayer and I didn't know until the answer comes to me. God is like that. But in spiritual well-being and in spiritual growth, sometimes you have to dig in spiritually. Amen. Sometimes God is like that parent who, who, when the child begins to walk, some of you are in that place. Remember when your kids, some, you remember your grand, your kids, and you would, you would say, "Come on," and you'd back up, and you, you know that, you know, and they're like, you're like, "Oh," but you would, come on, you'd step back, and they would have to, you know, remember that, and and the child's leg would, would strengthen their confidence, and so sometimes God said, "Come on," 
Come on. He's stepping back and you're... But some of us were like, we stepped down. And you know, some of us, you remember the kids? And they start crying and screaming. And then, of course, the weak parents gave in. Those loving parents wait. No, I mean, you, you, the parents know when you have to. And so sometimes we sit there and we cry and we bawl and we miss out because God said, come on. Over here is a blessing. Over here is strength. Over here is renewal. Come on. Come on. And we get so tired. We get so weak. And we, we can't cut through because our flesh is in charge. And instead of stepping out and reaching out, we quit. I'm challenging you. Don't let your flesh tell you to quit. Let your spirit tell you to keep going. Amen? You're not only flesh and blood, but your spirit. So the question for us is, are we really seeking God with all our heart? Or are we trading temporary pleasures in life instead of receiving the eternal blessings? Are we like Esau? I can't, I can't, I can't, I gotta have it now! And Esau traded everything for a bowl of stew. Are you doing that spiritually? Are you trading everything for the bowl of stew? Are you, or are you struggling with God and for God? Amen? Come on, say, man, God, I want all that you have. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll stay up all night. I'll wrestle all night if I have to. So let's talk about number two. Satan's food, our flesh. What? Satan's food, our flesh. Satan's most effective tactic is immediate, immediate gratification of our flesh. How many of you know that we can become our own greatest enemy? Right? Satan knows that humans will fall for instant gratification. You see, in, in the Scriptures, remember when, when, when God cursed the serpent and He said, you, you will eat the dust of the ground. Think about this for a second. Where did, where did God make mankind? The dust. So, our flesh is Satan's food if we allow Him to control it. If we allow Him to tell us how to live our lives. And so, in fact, it's very interesting because what did Satan do to Jesus? Instant gratification. I will give you all this stuff if you will bow down. You've been fasting for 40 days. I've never ever been able to go that far. 40 days. And he said, Jesus, you can turn those stones into bread. Hot, fresh mm, bread and put butter on it. Or, or put some chickpeas or something. Instant gratification, Right? Satan knew that. But Jesus, being strong in spirit, what did he say? Use the word, no. Right? How many of us, the, the instant gratification comes, I, I gotta have it, I gotta have it, I gotta have it, oh, I gotta have it now. You thought I was gonna fall, didn't you? I gotta have it. And you say, you know what? I don't have to have it. Am I losing something for this? Can I be patient? Can I wait on God? You see, the devil wants you to fall into this instant gratification spiritually, physically, relationally. Amen? Satan has tricked many believers and humans to take the easy way to their ultimate eternal status. Acts 14.22 says, Strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Wow. 2 Timothy 3.12 In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, will be persecuted. Listen to this. To walk with God means that you're going to go against the flow of the human race. And if you have not noticed recently where we live and where we're at today, political correctness is against 
Christianity. God is a loving God. We should love all people, but we should not live like the world. We, we should live like Christ. Amen? And, and just recently, whether you agree with it or not, the Boy Scouts bowed down to political pressure. An organization for hundreds of years said, we, we are a spiritual group. We will not bow down. They bowed down to political pressure. And you see, to live for God means you're going to go against what the world says. And they're going to call you hate mongers. They're going to call you haters. They're going to call you fools. They're going to call you all that stuff. And, and Satan says, you know, if you just relax and go with the flow, it's a lot easier. Life will be a lot easier. No, it's not, because broad is the way to destruction. And everybody's going that way. Why do you want to be like everyone else? Why don't you be what God has made you to be? Amen? So standing up for God, standing up for what He wants, people are going to get mad at you. The truth is still the truth, whether they agree with it or not. Amen? Don't let your flesh... Well, I just want to be accepted by everyone. Remember the Bible says that to be accepted by the world is to say that you hate God. To love the world is to say, I don't want God. And that's what Esau did. He said, I can't stand it anymore. I've got to have it. I want to be accepted by everyone else. Give me that bowl of stew. Young man, young lady, teenager in high school, middle school, going to college, be strong in the Lord. People are going to make fun of you. They're going to call you a weird. They're going to call you all kinds. They're going to tempt you. Come on, get stoned, get drunk, get, get wasted. Do what we do. Go to these things and do what we do. And see, you know, that's fine if that's what you want, but I don't want to do that. God has a call in my life. I am not going to be like you. I'm going to be what God wants me to be. Amen? I am more respected today by my classmates because I stood up for what I believed in. And whenever I see them, I'm going to miss my 30-year high school reunion this year, but when we meet with them, they're like, man, Stan, I'm so glad. A couple of them will, every time I see them, one or two of them will say, I'm so glad that you stood up for what you believed in. And you didn't compromise to be like us. Or like I was. Because some of them are now Christians. They're out there getting stoned and wasted and all that. But now they're Christians because God redeemed them. So don't be like the world. Amen? Let her be. And I've talked about this a lot. But let her be is the way of God offers no shortcuts. The way of God offers no shortcuts. Matthew seven thirteen and 14. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the path that leads to destruction. I mentioned that. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Beware of the spiritual get rich or get spiritual fast schemes. If you hear a TV preacher say, if you buy my book and you, you send money to me, you're going to become spiritually strong overnight. That, turn that junk off. Now they might have some good teaching. They might have a good book. They might have a good lesson. But you're going to grow by being in the Word every day. By praying. By making as many worship services as you can. By feeding your spirit. Amen? You see, if someone offers you a way to get spiritually mature in a short time, you better run from them. Amen? Strength comes from constant spiritual exercise. Amen? Commit yourself to God. Commit yourself to Bible study and prayer and worship. Be willing to be stretched out by God. Let her see. Let me move on. Make your flesh strong through the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus said your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. If you could enter the eternal by your flesh then it would not be worth much. Right? If you could enter the eternal by your flesh, then it would not be worth much. Listen to this. Only the Spirit begats the Spirit. Spiritual fruits bring spiritual fruits. In other words, you have to put spiritual seed and food into your life to bring out spiritual growth. Amen? 
God wants us to live in 3D, okay? And so if, if you're relying on your own strength, you're not really trusting God. He gives you strength. He gives you ability. And you should use those, but you should always rely, always rely on God. I don't have time, but read and write down 1 Corinthians 1, 27-31. Write that down, 1 Corinthians 1, 27-31. But let me read Romans 8, 5 and 8. We must submit our flesh to God as weak. Romans 8, 5, 8 says, Those who live according to the sinful nature never have never nature have their minds set on what the nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit of is life and peace. Do you see that? The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Let me move on. Number three, because I want to talk about that scripture in a minute. Number three, living your life in 3D. Letter A, most of us live our lives two-dimensionally. I already talked about that. You have a body, you have a soul, which, which is your intellect, your emotions, and your will, but then there's your spirit. And we go from day to day, and there's nothing wrong with being concerned about feeding your family or self, and nothing, nothing wrong with having the best job, doing your best, and nothing wrong with wanting to see your kids excelled, wanting to see you. There's nothing wrong with that stuff. But that's not all life is about, amen? Okay? And, and so there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is, is we've been sucked into the American lifestyle, that we're more concerned about food and money and retirement, nice toys, and we're, 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 we're upset if the, if the boss or the pastor doesn't say nice things about us. Or whether the Christian next door or the church people haven't invited you to, to, to go out to eat with them or something like that. And we get upset about that. And so what does it say in, in, in Romans? It says that the flesh is offended by the things of God. It's easily offended. Listen to this. A friend of mine, his name is Joe Mitchell, and he had started a, 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 a non-profit called Hope Alliance. I think, I, think it's called, I think it's called It Takes a Village International now. And what they were doing, they were taking Christians and missionaries and, and doctors and, and nurses and anyone who wants to help and dentists, and they were going to these different places in, in, in Ecuador, South America, and different parts of Africa. And they would go and offer these medical mission things and water, and then they'd also bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was awesome. He was taking non-Christian doctors and, and dentists and all that with them to see the power of God. And so, so one time they went to a trip in Africa. Let me make sure I get this right. So they, they went to this trip in Africa. And this pastor of this church they, they visited said to Joe, he said, you know, the Christians in America look at everything from the flesh and not their spiritual eyes. And it's true because you know why? We get easily offended, don't we? If you're constantly offended, if you're constantly upset, then your flesh is in control. Can I say that nicely? If you're always looking for the pastor to patch on the back, well, why didn't the pastor call me? Why didn't the board come knock on my door? Then your flesh is in control. Amen? If you're always looking to be someone to pat you on the back, your flesh is in control. And, and Joe said that he went and his eyes were opened at this church they went to. Hundreds of people were being saved every week. And on a Monday, they had a church cleaning day on Mondays. And I'm not talking about sweeping up. They were casting out demonic from these people on Mondays. They'd get saved on Sunday, and then on Monday, they were casting out demonics. You see, in this area of Africa, the, these people had these tribal marks and carvings on them. And, and the next day, they had to cast out the demonic out of them or, or, or just get all this junk out of them. They had to get them discipled in the Word of God and the power of God. And so as they were doing that, they, they had these two guys that weren't Christians. They were with Joe at this time. 
And, and this pastor told Joe and these two men, one of them was a doctor, and he said, why don't you guys come to the front? And he prayed over them and he prophesied over them. And he spoke words of God. And so it, it, was, so, it was so powerful that God spoke to these, non, these two non-Christians that he read their mails, we might say. He spoke specifically about these two men in their lives, about something they were dealing with that no one else knew about. And one of the men began to cry under the power of God. And his eyes were open. I don't know where he's at today, but he knows that there's a God that loves him. And you see, you and I, are we, are we so open that when the Spirit of God speaks to us, we hear it? Do we get annoyed at long services? Do we get annoyed when the pastor challenges you? Do we get annoyed when we wait on the Lord to speak to us? Are we willing to allow God to clean the junk out of our lives? Do we want this Shekinah glory that, that was, came into the temple? They, the priests consecrated themselves. It's very interesting because you look in the Word a lot. They did a lot of praise and worship before they went to the Lord. Why was that? It was getting their flesh into submission to God. Worshipping, lifting your hands, singing, sitting, laying down, clapping, standing, jumping, begins to open your flesh up to the spiritual realm. Why do you love it? I mean, I was at Subway the other day and the song came on. They had 80s day. It was pretty cool. And, and this song came on. I look over and I see this guy tapping his toe and I'm tapping my toe because it was, this, it was this really cool song. And I thought, why am I doing this? Because music moves my soul. Praise and worship should move your soul. And let me just say some nice things to you real quick. If praise and worship annoys you, then your flesh is in control. Amen? You think I preach long? <laughs> I do sometimes. But there are some other churches where they're going at it. I mean, as, as I told you, when we went to Chihuahua, Mexico, and we were in those services, we would get there, we would we'd tell the church, we're going to be there at 5. They were there at 4 o'clock, worshiping all right. I mean, their full band was going there, worshiping. And then we would preach, and we would leave there at 10 o'clock, midnight, night, and they were still going. And here we're like, oh, gosh, 12.05, come on, pastor. If, if that's that, then maybe your flesh is in control of your spirit. Are we willing to pay the price? When the Spirit, when, when the spirit moves, are we afraid? Oh, I, don't want, I don't want to mess up my hair. Or, I don't want to lose control. You need to let, let go. Let God take control because it's better for you. It says that when the Shekinah glory came, that the, the, the priest couldn't stand. They had, to, they had to sit. They had to lay in His presence. God will refresh you. God will renew you. God will speak things in your mind. He will heal things. He can do more in a second in His glory than you can do the rest of your life. But you need to let go. You need to say, I don't want to be weird. I don't want to be rolling on the floor. We don't roll on the floor. People do fall out in the power of the Spirit. And that's okay. We see God doing His work, but don't be afraid. Amen? We are spiritual beings that must have our spirit fed. And we miss out so much on God because we're looking at everything in our physical eyes, not our spiritual eyes. And if you don't know the songs or, the, or, or whatever the worship is, just begin to sing the song. Begin to worship. Say, God, I'm going to come. And I go to churches all the time where I don't know the songs. Even sometimes here, I don't know the songs. I, don't need, I may not like the tune, but I'm still worshiping because it's about God. It's about Him. And I want all that God has for me. Are you going to be like Jacob? Are you going to wrestle for God? Or are we going to be like Esau who gave up his eternal for the temporary things of the world? Let her be. Let me move on. And I'm getting done. The, the weak are ruled by their bodies. If you're always failing to your flesh, or your flesh has control, then you are spiritually weak. Come on, amen? 
If you can't break these life-controlling habits, I know it's hard, but God can help you. If you, if you can't stop your anger, if you can't, you can't stop your foul mouth, if you, if you keep going to these things that you know you shouldn't go to, then your spirit is not in control and your flesh is in control. You're spiritually weak. Maybe you're, you're ruled over by your emotions and your feelings and your opinions. You're constantly complaining. Listen, let me just say this real nice. If you're constantly complaining, you're spiritually immature. I complain. I have to str- I fight some of that because I'll gripe about stuff. I do. I'll complain, but I mean that's not godly. That's my flesh. Amen. Come on, amen. If you're constantly gossiping about other people, you're spiritually immature. If you've always got to demean someone, you're spiritually immature. That's good preaching, isn't it? Come on. Do you want to be prepared for God's presence? You want to? If if you're offended by everything the church does or does not do, then you're spiritually immature. That's good preaching, amen? If you're always offended, if you're coming into a service and you're looking for troubles, well, the slides are off. The, the, it's too cold here. It's too hot. The music's too loud. It's not soft. It's too old. It's too, you know, the, blah, blah, blah. If you're, look, that, you need to read the book, Beta Satan. I mean, if you're always looking for trouble, well, the, the pastor, he didn't, he didn't pronounce that Greek word just right. He, he mispronounced Rauk when it's Rauk. And, and he said Numa, and it should be Nama. Man, I can't receive from a pastor like that. He tells us to love everybody. If you're looking for problems, you're going to find them. You are spiritually immature. Amen? Come on, this is good. Amen? It's the same thing at work and at home. If you're always looking for troubles and you're griping, you are spiritually immature. Amen? If you need constant attention or pats on the backs, I'm, I'm sad to say you're spiritually immature. Well, the pastor hasn't said thank you for a day yet. It's been two weeks since he said thanks for working the nursery to me. In fact, he doesn't even call me. Do you call me? <laughs> he hasn't emailed me in a while. Have you emailed me? Have you let other people try to help you out? I need to move on. We must align ourselves with the Spirit of God. Let her see aligning your body and soul and spirit with the Spirit of God. Oh, I've got to read this last scripture and we're done. For us to live spiritually, we must surrender our spirits to God's Spirit. Don't be afraid of Him. Just because you've seen weird things doesn't always mean God is weird. However, God says that the, that he, the things that He does sometimes seem like foolishness to the world and to us. That's the scriptures you wrote down earlier. But I've got to read this. Colossians 3. You need to listen to this, okay? We have to align our bodies, our minds, our, our spirits with the Spirit of God. Do I have it? I do. Listen to this, okay? Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Number two, listen to verse two. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. What does that mean? Very simple. Set your mind on God, not the things of this world. Amen? For listen, you, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Listen to this. Now, this is where people struggle in the Christian church because of political correctness. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Verse 6, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, 
filthy language from your lips. You see, God says these things should not be of your life anymore. You once were this way. Well, Pastor, that's just, it's the Sicilian in me. It's the African. It's the Asian. It's the Irish. It's the German. It's the whatever. No, it's your sin nature. Come on, amen. Pastor, you don't sin. I just have these temptations. We all have temptations. Are we going to put our mind in Christ? Are we going to live in the, in, in, the, in the heavenly realm or are we going to live in the world? Amen? Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge of the image of Christ. Here there is no, there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, listen, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgives you. And over all these things put on love, which binds them all, them all together in perfect unity. Verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Verse 16. I'm almost done. Let the word of Christ dwell. Well, listen. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether it is in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. You see, if you do these things more and more, your spiritual eyes will be open. You'll begin to live in a spiritual realm higher than you have before. Amen? If you submit to these things, you'll live spiritually. Then last, Colossians 2, 6, and 7. So then, just as you receive Christ as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. God is calling you and I, He's calling this church to a deeper spiritual level. Are we going to let the world tell us how to live our lives? Are we going to try to live our lives? Or are we going to allow God's Spirit to live our lives? Would you stand with me this morning? Father, we desperately need you. The church in America needs to stop compromising the ways of God to please the world. Lord, let the world be the world is and let us be a light to the world. Lord, we can't change this world, but we can create a new culture. And that is through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And so, Lord, in Jesus' name, would you pour out your Spirit on this church? Would you awaken us from our flesh? Would you make us, Lord, spiritual people? Don't, don't leave yet, friends, because I believe that there's going to be time where some of us need to come to the altar or want to come to the altar just for a few moments. Father, we want to be spiritual beings. We are thankful that we're human beings and we have flesh, we have blood. We are thankful that we have mind and, and will, but we also have spirit. And, Father, we want our spirit to come alive. And for some of us, we need to come down and say, God, help us with our flesh because our flesh is in control and our spirit is not alive because of that. And so, Lord, today you're touching us, you're challenging us, you're, you're wanting us to grow spiritually. So, Lord, today would you help us to wake up spiritually? Lord, we don't want to be like Esau, who because of his physical hunger sold his birthright. Lord, we don't want to give up our spiritual lives just so we can be like the world for instant pleasure. Because this world and all the things of this world are going to pass away. And Lord, we want the eternal. Maybe, friends, this morning, maybe you came this morning and you've heard me talk about Jesus. Maybe you've never accepted this Jesus. With your eyes closed, your heads bowed. Well, just, just for a moment, I want to give you an opportunity. You say, you know what? I want this Jesus. I want Him to come into my life and I want Him to save me from this world. I want to be saved from my sins. I want to know Him. And you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. 
And at that tune, if you're with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, just for the privacy of those around you, you say, you know what, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. And you've never done it. Would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Okay. Put your hands down. Would you, would you repeat after every? In fact, everyone repeat after me. Dear God, I know you want the best for me. I know that I have sinned. I know you could forgive me of my sins. I confess them. I turn from them. I give you my body, my soul, and my spirit. I want eternal life. Open my eyes to your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, I have a little green book. I want you to take it. It's, it's called the, the Believer's Handbook. They're in the front. If, you, if you've never received one, take one. Now, please don't leave yet because the Spirit wants to challenge us here in a few moments. I want to open up the altar right away. Some of us in this room, we're worried about the temporary things of life more than we are the spiritual things. And it's, it's choking our spiritual life. So you know what, Pastor? I don't want this anymore. I want to be more concerned about spiritual things. Yes, I have needs. I have words and have concerns. And God wants to meet all your needs. But you're saying, I want to live eternally. If that's you, just come down. Say, I want to live with an eternal mindset. We're not, no one's here to judge you. Just come down. Say, I want to be spirit-led and not flesh-led. Come on down. Say, you know what, Pastor? I've taken some shortcuts. And I've been taken from the path. But I want to get back on the path. Come on up. Some of you say, you know what, Pastor Tim? My flesh controls me. I'm tired. Church is hard for me because I, it, I just, it bugs me. I, want, I don't want to be bugged anymore. Come on to the front. Say, I want to give my life to the Spirit of God. Some of you have a life-controlling habit. It's filling, you're filling your life up with junk. And you say, I don't want to do this anymore. Come on to the front. I want God to fill me. So I don't need the things of this world anymore. I don't need the, the stimulants of the world. I want God. Come on down. If you've taken shortcuts and you want to get back on the path, if you don't want to worry about the temporary things of the world, I want you to come down. There's controlling habits. You want God to help you. Come on. If you've been critical or cynical and you're complaining all the time, you say, I don't want to be like that anymore. I want you to come to the front. Come on. You're cynical, you're critical, you're complaining, and you don't want to do that. Come on down. How about you're constantly complaining and you're bad-mouthing? I want you to come down and let God help you with that. Come on. Come on, I want you to come on down. So you know what? Pastor said, I want my spirit to be stronger. I want to be open to the spirit. I don't want to be afraid of the spirit. Come on down. Come on. If you say, I don't want to be afraid of the spirit anymore, I want, I want you to come on down. Come on down. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now. Come on down. Don't miss what the Lord wants to do right now. Come on down. Spirit of God, we submit to you. We don't want to be controlled by this world. We don't want to live for the world. Come on down. I've taken shortcuts and I want to get back on the path. Come on down. My flesh controls my life. I don't want to be tired by my flesh. I want God to control me. I'm annoyed by the worship and the music and preaching. I don't want that anymore. I want my spirit to be alive. Come on to the front. These life-controlling habits control my life. I want to be free of them. I want you to come to the front. I've been critical. I've been cynical. I want you to come to the front. I'm constantly complaining. I'm bad about the others. I want you to come to the front. I don't want to fear the world anymore. I want to live for God. I don't care if I get called, whatever. I want to live for God. I don't want to be afraid. I want you to come to the front. Come on right now. The Spirit is leading you. Come on down right now. Come on down right now. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Spirit of God, would you fill us up? I don't want to be afraid of the Spirit anymore. I don't want to be afraid of the Spirit. I want you to come down right now. That's you. Come on right now. Holy Spirit, have your way right now. Fill us up, God. You 
our flesh. Consume us today, God. Let the Shekinah glory fall down, God. We're tired of being tired. We're tired of complaining. We're tired of the world telling us how to live our lives. We're tired of being fearful of the, of the, of the Spirit. We don't want the, the world to be in control of us anymore. Help us, God. Fill us up. We want to overcome, God. Cleanse us of the world. Cleanse us of life-controlling habits, God. Cleanse us of fear and doubts. Spirit of God, come right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. to fill you with goodness and love and wisdom and strength. Don't resist Him. Don't be fearful of Him. He wants the best for you. He has a better life than you than this world. All this stuff in the world. It's, again, there's nothing wrong with having cars and money and vacation, having a good job and education and, and having all that. There's nothing wrong with all that stuff. But it is what it is. It's stuff. And you and I are going to live eternally with God forever. And what we do for God is going to last a lot longer than what we do for this world. Amen? Church, let God fill you. Don't be afraid of Him. Some of you, you're still fearful of being filled with the Spirit. Don't be afraid of Him. Let Him fill you. Be God's presence in your workplace, your school, your neighborhood, your communities, with your people, wherever you go. Let the presence of God dwell in you. Because people will see that. Stand up firm. It doesn't matter what the world calls us hate mongers or closed minded or, 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 or whatever. Stand for truth because the truth will always remain the truth. Don't be afraid of it. Amen? God wants to pour out His Spirit just like I talked about. Imagine that. If you have your eyes closed, if you're worshiping, think about when the priests, the Levites, the musicians, they were blowing trumpets, they were singing is with one voice and the power of God, the glory of God filled the house. Imagine God filling you, your house, the temple of God, filling you with His power, His presence. They were refreshed. They were renewed. They had a new boldness. And when the Holy Spirit came upon the church in the book of Acts, they went out with boldness and new power and new purpose. God will do the same thing in you right now. Father, we want to be spirit people, not fleshly people. We want our spirit to be strong, not our flesh. We want our flesh to be, be led and guided by the Spirit of God, not by the world system. So help us, God. We confess our sins. We confess our weaknesses. God, fill us now with goodness, with power. Give us the ability to, to be free of the world system today, God. As you told us during worship, we want to breathe in the Spirit of God. 
We want to breathe in the life of God. We want to exhale the world. We want to breathe in, God, your pneuma, your rauk. Fill us today, God. We want our flesh to be subject to the Spirit of God, not the flesh to be in charge today. Help us with our words. Help us with our minds. Help us with our hobbies and habits to be godly things, God. Let us not be annoyed of worship and preaching and Bible study, but let us be refreshed and renewed by them, God. Let us be turned off by the things of the world. In fact, what the world calls great is sometimes just, it's sick. And we need to say what it is. It's evil. It's sin. Let us not enjoy the entertainment of the world when it's wrong. Let us live for you, God. Fill us up, God. And let us not fall into instant gratification in any aspect. But let us work. Let us work our spirit. Let us build our spirit, God. And yes, you can do something instantaneous, God. You can heal bodies. You can turn things around instantaneous. But you want us to draw closer to you always. So we do that. And finally, God, you want this church to be spiritually minded. And a spiritual acting church. A praying church where your presence is poured out of us into our workplaces, our schools. Lord, I don't, we don't need to watch the news anymore, but this world, this community, this state, this region, this part of the country needs Jesus. There's violence. Political correctness is leading us down the wrong road, God. What's wrong is being called right, and what's right is being called wrong. We need the church to stand up now with the presence of God. We do not to be ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God to salvation. It will change lives. Lord, I'm praying for our politicians. I don't care what, what political party. I pray they hear from you and stop hearing from the money trails. They stop hearing from people that are pushing them to do things that are wrong. Let them hear from you. Let them obey you. Let them stand up for righteousness. And let us be at work in school and our neighbors not to be afraid of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it will change the world, God. And you will bless us and honor us for honoring you, God. Deliver us from fleshly habits, God. Those things that we choke, those things we inhale, those things we ingest, the the garbage we watch on the Internet, the magazines and books we should not be looking at, God, or stuff on the Internet, or TV shows we know we shouldn't be watching. Set us free from those things, God. And bad-mouthing leaders and pastors and parents and co-workers and bosses and believers, forgive us for that, God. Always looking to... For offense, God, deliver us from that. That our flesh is not controlled by the devil, but our flesh is spiritually strong, God. And we long for you. We hunger for you. We want you to fill us. You want, we want what you want, God. We want more of you, God. Oh, church, I feel the Spirit of God moving in us right now. Just call and say, God, I want more of you right now. Come on, just say it. I want more of you, God. I want more of God. I want more of God. Come on. Call on him right now. Call on him right now. Fill us. 
Give us strength physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. Give us what we need today, God, in Jesus' name. You are our provider, God. Here's the last thing. I'm going to let you go. If you want to hang out at the altar, you're welcome. If you need to go, you're welcome to go. But here's the last thing. Desire the things of God. When we desire the things that God wants us, I'm telling you, church, He wants to fill us up with goodness, with power, with blessing, with wisdom and all this. He has some of the answers. In fact, God is saying, I want to heal some people right now. I want to restore them. I want to heal relationships. I want to provide financially, spiritually, emotionally. Lord, whatever you're doing right now, we receive it. We submit our flesh to you. We submit our fears to you. We submit our doubts to you. We submit our habits and our hobbies, our victories, our weaknesses, our strength. We submit them to you right now in the name of Jesus. Now provide, Father, like you want to do so we can go forward. Heal bodies, heal minds, heal relationships, heal finances, heal, Lord God, where things have been broken. God, if we have habits that we are having a hard time letting go, we let go of those right now, God. Things that are wasting our time, things that are killing us, Lord, we let go of those things because we don't want to be like everyone else. We want to live spiritually, God. We don't want to be like Esau that gave up his spiritual right for the temporary. We want to live eternally with you, God. And so, Lord, let us be heavenly minded now. Yes, we live in the world, but we don't have to be like the world. And now give us spiritual strength to be a light, even though we'll be called haters, even though we'll be called old-fashioned, even though we'll be called wrong. We know that we're right because of Jesus Christ in our lives. And Jesus will set people free. So, Lord, let us preach Him with our words, with our action, and with our love. And, Lord, do watch over us from the world system because the world looks to take our souls every day. It's stealing our kids on the Internet. God, there's so much garbage on there. Let our teenagers and our kids know when to turn the junk off. Let parents know when to turn off the TV when it's just filth and it's garbage, it's perverted, or it's just it's wrong. Help us to have control.